0: Hi guys, this is Cliff Knight from Equippers International. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We want to lift up Jesus and provide a place where you can be taught the truth and encouraged in your relationship with him. If you find this podcast helpful, feel free to share it with others. We believe it will be a source of blessing and encouragement and that you'll be strengthened in your relationship with Jesus. Hello friends, welcome back to the Equippers International podcast. We're studying the book of Romans together, and we're currently making our way through Paul's salutation in chapter one. We've covered the first five verses and making comment along the way. I'm going to just finish up this introductory part of the letter in this episode, and then we'll start moving into the meat of the letter. In this episode, let's just quickly look at verses six and seven. Paul has given his introductory comments regarding his apostleship and his call to preach the gospel and and his understanding of the origin of the God's good news as being centered and grounded in the prophets of the Old Testament scriptures, and that it's concerning his son, Jesus Christ, who was born a descendant of David, according to the flesh. And we talked about being declared the son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead. We're going to look much more at that when Paul takes up this idea of resurrection in chapter six. And then we've talked about how Paul comments on his own grace and apostleship given to him and to bring about obedience of faith. We talked about what it means to bring ourselves into obedience of faith in the last episode. And then Paul makes this comment that all this is for his namesake at the end of verse five. And in verse six, he says, among whom... You also are the called of Jesus Christ. And verse 7, to wrap up this salutation, he says, To all who are beloved of God in Rome, called as saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now let's just look at a few things in these last couple of verses of this introduction. Paul makes this comment that this bringing the Gentiles to the obedience of faith is for his name's sake. Let's talk about what it means for these things to be for His namesake. Now, this comment about His namesake reminds me of Jesus' high priestly prayer in John 17. In a couple places, He makes these statements about the Lord's name. In verse 6 of John 17, He says, I have manifested Your name to the men whom You have given Me out of the world. And they were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. And then later at the end of that chapter, he says, O righteous Father, although the world has not known you, yet I have known you. And these have known that you sent me, and I have made your name known to them. And I will make it known, so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them. And I in them. You know, I think there's something very significant about this truth about the Lord revealing the name of God. When we talk about names nowadays, it's not the same as names were in those times, and much more meaning was given to names. And remember the story of Moses when he wanted to see the Lord. The Lord says, No man can see me, but what I will do is I'll hide you in the cleft of the rock, and I will pass. By you, And when I pass by you, I will declare my name. And that's when the Lord declares his name to Moses when he passes by. And he says, the Lord God, the one who is merciful and compassionate and slow to anger and full of loving kindness. And so I just believe that there's something very beautiful in this idea of the Lord's name when he declares his name. Now, I know there's many names of the Lord throughout the scriptures. Scriptures, and they're given at significant times when God actually reveals part of his nature and part of his character. But I believe the true essence of the name of the Lord has to do with this core idea of God being merciful and gracious and full of loving kindness and showing his mercy towards people. And so Jesus says, I have manifested your name. I've actually revealed what it looks like to be full of mercy and compassion and graciousness and loving kindness. And so Paul says here in Romans that all of this process of the good news and bringing people into an obedience of believing what God has done for them through Jesus Christ is all for his name's sake. It's so that the goodness and the mercifulness and the loving kindness and the graciousness of God can be manifested. It can be revealed. It can be remembered and lifted up for all generations to know who God is. It's for the sake of the name of the Lord. And then he says there in verse six, among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. And I love this idea of being called of the Lord. I love it that the Lord is calling people to himself. And I believe that that's what he's always doing because he wants people to come into relationship with him. And he calls people and he puts that calling out through the gospel, through the proclamation of the good news of what he has done in Christ Jesus. And it's as though every time we share that good news of God in whatever shape, form, or fashion we do that, it's like we're putting out a calling of the Lord for people, and they can respond to that calling in faith and come into a covenant relationship with God. It's just a beautiful picture of the Lord calling people to himself. And then Paul finally greets his actual audience in verse 7. And he says to all who are beloved of God in Rome. So he's addressing the letter to all believers in Rome. Now, this opens up a really important idea. It doesn't say it specifically here in Romans, but in other letters, he usually writes to the church in Corinth or the church in In Ephesus, or the church in Thessalonica. And here in Rome, he says to all the saints, we have to remember that God sees one church. He doesn't see all the different congregations and fellowships and things we call churches, He just sees all his beloved children. And this is a really important revelation for us to keep in mind as we relate and see and understand the church of Jesus Christ, that God doesn't see all the differences. God sees the similarities and he sees those that are called and those who are beloved and holy, the saints of God, those whom God has chosen and those who God has made holy out of their relationship with Jesus Christ, that's who God sees as His church. And oftentimes we struggle because we make differentiation between one another saying these people in this church believe that, or these people in that church believe something else. But God doesn't see it that way. He only sees one church and he sees that church as it manifests and makes itself a reality in different places where people gather and congregate under his name and for the purpose of proclaiming his goodness, and his gospel. Paul sees the church as one, and we should see the church as one because that's how God sees it. And then Paul gives this what I call the vintage Paul greeting. He does it in every single letter. He declares to them grace and peace from God the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. And I love this idea of grace and peace. We're going to look at it in detail in Romans chapter 5. I'll give you a little sneak preview. In Romans chapter 5, Paul says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom you also have obtained your introduction by faith into this grace in which you stand. So here's what I believe Paul's communicating. And every time he writes a letter to a church, he addresses them and in every single one of them. Peter does it as well. It's like an apostolic benchmark, if you will, that grace and peace go hand in hand. What that says to me is this. Through the gospel, through our response to God in faith, we come to a place where we are at peace with God. Now, that's a beautiful, comforting thought. Think about you as a child of God are at peace with God and God is at peace with you. It's a thought that we really need to consider deeply in our hearts that we understand that the point of the gospel was to bring reconciliation between man and God. And when each person responds to God in faith, he experiences peace peace. He has peace with God and God has peace with him. God is not finding fault. God is not pointing his finger. God is not keeping us in fear. We can sleep easy at night knowing that God is okay with us and that we are in good standing with him. And this is only possible through grace Without grace, there is no peace, because as long as there is works, as long as there is man's effort to try to please God, we can never have peace because there's never enough for us to please Him. This was the whole point of God bringing about a new covenant relationship because the old covenant, the old ways of relating to God based on the fulfillment of works, based on the law, could bring no man to justification. It could bring no man to righteousness. Therefore, it could bring no person to peace And so it's through grace that we have peace. Without grace, there is no peace. This is why the gospel is a grace message. Now, we're going to unpack a lot about grace as we go along in the book of Romans, and it's an important topic, and there's been a lot to be said about grace, especially in the church in the last decade, and a lot of misunderstandings about grace. The apostles understood the gospel. The apostles of the New Testament, those that were left to preach the good news of God, after the finished work of Christ. So this is going to be a big topic of discussion as we make our way through the book of Romans because Paul's going to make it very clear that it's only on the basis of grace and faith that the gospel can have its ultimate impact. Anything other than that is not the gospel. So this is why our understanding of the gospel is so important and being grounded in grace and understanding that this is God's economy. This is the way God works. He does something for us through Jesus Christ that is an absolute grace gift. It's not something we can earn, and that brings a deep abiding peace in our hearts. So be blessed to be strong and courageous and love Jesus more.